Welcome to Abide's Sleep Meditations. I'm Tyler Boss, and I'm continually encouraged night after night to remain in my Creator, which in turn has helped me to grow in so many ways, even as I sleep. And I hope you find that same encouragement as well as you listen. And you can have full access to all our sleep stories, commercial free. Just text the word ABIDE to 22433 for 25% off the Abide app. Just text ABIDE to 22433. Now, relax your mind and body as we hear tonight's sleep story. Hello, and welcome to this Abide Bedtime Story. I'm Nene Woko. Tonight, we'll travel to the scenic and diverse land of Africa. It's where Joseph, Mary, and the baby Jesus fled. It's the home of the Ethiopian eunuch and of Simeon, who was a teacher and prophet in the Church of Antioch. It's also the home of dozens of early church leaders, including Tertullian and Perpetua and Origen and Clement of Alexandria and Augustine of Hippo. We'll travel to the north shores of Africa as we rest on the marvelous truth of God's love and protection. He rescued Joseph, Mary, and the Christ child by sending them to Egypt. With a story based on Matthew chapter 2, we'll discover that God's love for his people is infinite and immeasurable. Just as he protected his people 2,000 years ago, he protects you too, every night. We'll also travel to a coastal city in modern-day Algeria, where, some 400 years after Christ, the theologian Augustine of Hippo spent the final decades of his life preaching and defending God's word will journey to a local African market and watch as Augustine spreads the love of Christ wherever he goes. Take a deep, relaxing breath as you prepare to settle down for a night of restful sleep. Breathing through your nose, hold it there for a moment. Now, Exhale through your mouth. Sleep is a gift from a loving God who only wants what is best for his people. Long ago, David wrote to God in Psalm 4-8, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. That was true of David, and it's true of you too. Take a moment now to get comfortable in your bed, making sure everything is just right. Enjoy the sensation of your head and neck sinking into the pillow, 
Stretch out your arms and your legs. Let your muscles relax. Savor this moment of doing absolutely nothing. Your day is finally over. It's time to slow down, recover, and focus only on the peace and protection of the God who created you and loves you. Rejoice in your rest. Let me pray for you. Dear Father, you are the God of grace and mercy. You are the God of peace. You are the God of sleep and rest. Father, I pray now for this child of yours. Thank you for loving them, and thank you for their heart for you. Thank you for blessing them with a place to sleep. Thank you for their pillow, their bed, their blanket. We acknowledge that everything is a gift from you. Your word says you are the Lord of peace who grants us peace at all times in every way. I pray that you will grant them peace and sweet dreams. Help them to wake up refreshed and full of energy, ready to serve in your kingdom another day. I know they are safe in your loving care. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. For tonight's story, let's take a trip back in time some 2,000 years to the land of Egypt. It's early morning as we pick up our story. With a reddish-orange sun rising in the east over a sandy and dusty plain, dominated by large dunes on the horizon. Thankfully, though, the temperature this morning is neither too hot nor too cold. It's warm on your arms and your neck, and you stand there for a moment to enjoy the sensation. To your left stands about twenty or so lush green palm trees, towering into the sky and dancing back and forth in a cool breeze that's blowing off the Mediterranean Sea, which lies just a few steps beyond this small grove. The breeze massages your hair, and carries with it a thousand intoxicating smells of nature. You smell salt water and dirt and even a hint of fresh flowers. You take in a deep breath and relish the moment. High overhead, Two or three small clouds are sailing slowly across a vibrant blue sky, much like a fishing boat 
gliding across the Mediterranean Sea. Closer to land, you spot a steppe eagle sailing across the water. Its massive brown wings are stretched wide like a sail, and its eyes are gazing straight ahead, targeting its next meal. You are not sure if it's hunting for fish or a small mammal, but you're enjoying the show. Suddenly, you hear another voice. Mama, Dada, Yuk. It's the distinctive voice of a young boy who is still learning to talk. You spot him and his mother and father under a palm tree, packing up from the previous night's rest. They appear to be Jewish. The boy is beaming with joy and pointing at the soaring bird. The father, a bearded man of modest stature, is folding up a tent as he smiles back at the boy. The mother, too, is grinning as she stretches out her arms to pick up her talkative son. Jesus, she says, That's an eagle. It's one of God's great gifts to his people. Can you say eagle? The young boy repeats the word, although his G's sound more like K's, and you chuckle in amusement. No, Jesus, not eagle. Eagle. His mom says, Eagle. The boy responds, still unable to say it. The mom laughs and kisses him on the cheek as she points to other landmarks all around them. The palm trees, the sea, the clouds overhead, and the sand. All of these are gifts from a loving God who watches over us and cares for us. She says before adding, God told your father in a dream to travel to Egypt for protection. Even now, he's protecting us. Mary then points to the shore, where a fisherman has walked out of his boat to give the boy's father part of his catch. The fisherman has rich, dark brown skin and deep brown eyes. He's wearing a reddish-purple outer garment, and as he strides along the shore in sandals, he hands the father three or four fish. Shalom. What's your name? The fisherman says. The father responds, Joseph, and this is my wife, Mary, and our little boy, Jesus. Thank you for your gracious gift to us today. You are welcome, the fisherman responds. 
I felt God prompting me to assist you on your journey. Many families who worship the God of Abraham live in Egypt. We must take care of one another. Joseph tells the man he's a descendant of David. The fisherman explains he is a descendant of Moses' wife, Zipporah, and that his ancestors formerly lived in the land of Cush. God's people come in many colors. The fisherman says, laughing. As the two men continue talking, Mary sets the boy back on his feet. You are getting bigger and bigger each day, she says, almost too big for me to carry. She gently takes his hand as they slowly begin walking, side by side, under the palm trees, parallel to the shore. This gives them shade and keeps them away from the sun which is rising higher and higher into the sky. The little boy is pointing out to the shore and shouting over and over, Boat! 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 Mary responds, That's right, Jesus. That boat helped bring us today's food. God always provides. She then asks the boy, Do you want to hear a story? Yes, he responds. Mary begins, Before you were born, even before your father and I were married, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob sent an angel to deliver a message to me. The angel said I had found favor with God and that I would give birth to a son and would call his name Jesus. At that, the little boy smiles wide with joy. His mother continues, Around that time, my cousin Elizabeth became pregnant too pregnant with your cousin, John. One time, Elizabeth and I were visiting each other, and John leaped for joy in her tummy because he was near you. Elizabeth told me, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. Mary reaches down to pick up the young boy once again. She bounces him up and down in her arms and then holds him high above her head. This causes him to laugh and to cry in glee. Again, Mama, again, she complies, holding him high above her head again and his laughter of joy carries through the air. Moments later, she places the boy back on his feet and grabs his hand as she begins singing quietly. 
Her singing helps calm the boy who listens intently. Nearby, you spot a dove. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Mary says, For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Five minutes have passed. The fisherman is back in his boat on the sea, at work, and Joseph is back at his site under the palm tree, packing up a few more items. Mary and the boy Jesus are still walking along the shore. Jesus appears to have spotted a small green gecko that's about the size of an adult's hand. He begins running after it his arms swaying freely by his side and his head bobbing up and down as he giggles and eventually laughs hysterically. But despite his best effort, the gecko gets away, scatting up the tree out of range. Keep trying, Mary encourages him. She like you, is enjoying watching his antics. Off to your left, you spot another family traveling along the shore. It's a father, a mother, and two teenage boys. The older man has a long beard and is guiding a camel. This camel, an Arabian camel, has one large hump on its back and is carrying the family's belongings. The two teenage boys are in the rear. The mom is off to the side. The man smiles and delivers good news to anyone who cares to listen. There's fresh water ahead, he says. The good news draws the attention of Joseph, who looks at the man attentively with excitement. Shalom, Joseph says. Where is the water? The man, who is smiling, points behind him, 
telling Joseph it is a short walk away, just around a curve. The man shares his name. It's Aaron. I was named after the brother of Moses. He says, I was born near Jerusalem, but my family moved to Egypt when I was young. He then shares more good news. If Joseph and Mary journey several more days, a large river lies ahead, and a settlement of God's people are living near it. It includes a few hundred people, maybe even a few thousand, the man says. The settlement is not far from the pyramids, the man says. We do our best to care for each other down here. This is where many of our ancestors once lived. It's where Joseph and Moses and Miriam lived. Even Abraham lived here for a short while. The man then smiles as he looks Joseph in the face and tells him, our God has a purpose for this land. He loves this place. He protects his people. Many believe the Savior will come from Egypt. Joseph smiles at him, unsure what to say, but grateful for the news. It's as if Joseph has something he wants to say but must stay silent. The two men exchange hugs, and the man and his family continue their journey along the shore of the Mediterranean. You look closely at Joseph and spot a tear rolling down his cheek. It's a tear of joy. He looks up to his wife and his young son, who are engaged in a playful game of tag along the shore. The sound of Mary and the young Jesus laughing at one another echoes through the air. Joseph smiles. He brought his family to a strange land, but God has provided for their every need. Even this morning, God has provided food, and now water. Soon, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus will have a place to live. Joseph breaks out in prayer. He's quoting Psalm 34. It's the words of David. I will extol the Lord at all times. Joseph says, his praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, 
and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Let's now journey forward in time to 400 AD, to the port city of Hippo, a land that now resides in modern-day Algeria in northern Africa. It's a city that rests along the Mediterranean Sea and is home to sailboats and seagulls and a beach of golden sand. This unique port is also surrounded by lush green foothills and snow-capped mountains off in the distance. But our visit today takes us farther inland to a street market in the city of Hippo. It's a market filled with 100 or more people and a thousand breathtaking aromas. You take a deep breath. And inhale the scent of sweet spices and fresh bread and fish straight from the sea. You stand there for a moment and enjoy the scene. The locals smiling and laughing and exchanging small talk about the sunny warm weather and the latest tall tales from the local fishermen, whose stories always seem to be bigger than reality. One specific voice, though, 
stands out from the rest. It's the distinguished voice of a man who speaks with authority and who attracts listeners wherever he walks. You spot him in the crowd. He has a long black beard and rich brown skin. His outer garment is velvet red, with a small white cross adorning the front. In his left hand is a tall, wooden pastoral staff. The staff sets him apart as a religious leader in the town. But at his age, you're guessing he's around 75. It also helps him walk safely on the rocky street. That's the Bishop of Hippo. Someone whispers. In truth, though, most people in town already know who he is. His writings are read widely by Christian leaders throughout the region. Each week, residents flock to his church to hear him deliver God's word. Suddenly, you hear a young voice in the crowd shout to the elderly man, Teach us, Bishop Augustine! The bishop smiles widely upon hearing the voice and gently places his hand atop the child's black hair in a playful manner. You are guessing the child is eight, perhaps nine. Augustine then begins talking, and with that, the shoppers in the market stop in their tracks to listen. He begins by quoting a passage from 1 John. Now are you of God, little children, and have overcome him, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears not us. From this know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Dearly beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God in us, that God sent his only begotten Son into this world, that we may live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoner of our sins. Dearly beloved, if God so loved us, 
we ought also to love one another. Bishop Augustine looks over the crowd as he continues his exhortation. To act against love is to act against God. He says, God is love. We did not love him first, for to this end he loved us, that we may love him, and he sent his Son to be the atoner for our sins. God is love, Bishop Augustine says again, for emphasis, what more could be said, brethren, if nothing were said in praise of love throughout the pages of this epistle, if nothing whatever throughout the other pages of the scriptures, and this one only thing where all we were told by the voice of the Spirit of God, for God is love, Nothing more ought we to require. Bishop Augustine looks over the crowd. He looks at you. And the bishop says once again, God is love. The God of heaven and earth is watching over and protecting you. Let me pray for you. Dear Father, You are the God of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. You are the God of Abraham. You are the God who protected and rescued Joseph, Mary, and the Christ child when they were in danger. You are the God who saved and transformed Augustine. You are the God of this great land, Africa. Thank you for the amazing way you have used this marvelous continent for your glory. Father, I ask that you will give this child of yours peace as they rest on your promises tonight. We embrace the truth of David in Psalm 4-8, who prayed, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Father, relax their mind and their body. Conquer their anxious thoughts. Bless them with a marvelous night's sleep and help them to wake up refreshed and ready to serve you another day. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. As Aaron told God's people in Scripture, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace.